0: Hi, friend. Hi, hey, how's it going? It's good. It's good. How are you? I'm good. You know, nothing, nothing too much new with me.
1: Guess what my mom found in her office. She was cleaning out her office this week and what? she found my old MRIs from the first time I fell in 2012. Oh my gosh. And just put them in my room. Like I wouldn't notice. <laughs> And then I'm like reading the report and I was like, wait, there's like a lot less in this report than initially looked at. And then I looked at the date and I was like, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah. Pulling
1: a fast one on you. For real. Um, so, do we want to talk about. Oh, well, this is Bookaholics Anonymous. I'm Francesca. I'm Alicia. And what are you drinking this week? I am drinking a pumpkin ale. Ooh, that looks
0: good. I know, fun. shaking it up.
1: That's pretty. That's what a pretty you... can.
0: Thank you. Yeah, it's um Buffalo Bills Brewery.
1: Ooh, fun, fun. What are
0: you? Uh, what are you drinking today? Um.
1: So as we all know, I steal from my dad of in course. terms of alcohol, and my entire family was upstairs, and I didn't want to have to explain to them why I was coming upstairs to cut a single piece of lime and get a bottle opener. Right. Because I don't like answering questions, so I have to. I do it for you guys. I do it for you guys. I'm drinking this grody-ass Bud Light Seltzer yeah. Blue Raspberry Gasoline, oh, but I do so it for you guys. Good. Yeah, no. That shit's so... That, that one's so gross. Oh, yeah, But it was the I only I would feel thing like that would fridge. be good, though, because Blue
0: Raspberry is, like, a good flavor.
1: You'd think, but, like, I literally... Uh, it's, like, pure... Pure jet fuel. It's so gross. But I yikes. do it for you guys, so... How nice of you! Thank you. Um,
0: so, what should we even talk about first? There's so many topics.
1: Um, really, only two. But yeah, really. Uh, um, do you want to talk about the fulfillment crisis or the? Yeah, yeah, the the, um, the supply chain. Yes. Yeah, it's so. a fulfillment crisis to me because I work in fulfillment. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, so um, as many of you, well, I don't know if is this is. I feel like it's widespread knowledge within the book community that there's going to be a book shortage this coming fall, because mm-hmm. um, many different factors. There's a shortage of workers at printers. There's a shortage of supply. There's a shortage
1: of everything.
0: Basically, and, and the supply
1: and- chain doesn't really just affect books. It affects a lot of different industries. But obviously, this is a book podcast, so we're gonna talk about fucking books. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: But yes. And and this is like a huge problem because fall lists for author for publishers are like the probably the biggest list. Mm-hmm. I would say it accounts for like a good portion of their sales for the entire year.
1: Yeah. I I would agree with that. Um and I think it's the list that leads up to Christmas. Yes, I mean, that's a lot exactly. Of, that's when a lot of sales hit is for the holidays. Um And it really affects, I don't think people realize this either, is that books are released at very specific times during the year, specifically genre-based. You know, you'll notice, if if you've taken the classes we have, you'll notice the distinct pattern of when books are released based on the time of year. So you'll notice a lot more World War II history books are released around like Father's Day, And more young adults, and fantasy is released later in the year around like the beginning of school or Christmas time because that's what kids want for Christmas. Uh, Cooking books and gardening books, you'll notice, are released around Mother's Day or early spring. So it really affects, and YA and fantasy right now are. Some of the biggest genres being released, I'd, I'd say. Would you agree with that? I would,
0: I would agree with that for sure. So, I don't think I could. Maybe. I don't think I could think of one that's bigger, honestly. Yeah.
1: So I feel like this shortage is going to really hit publishers because they're getting hit in their biggest genres. Right. So it's going to be very interesting to see how publishers handle this. Um, I know for my my end, um working in fulfillment, that's my job for my the publisher that I work for. Um, I'm very lucky that the people we work with are very understanding of the situation with supply chain right now. Um, but it's definitely going to get more progressively difficult as the year goes on, I think.
0: yeah, and you know, if you're worried about, the book shortage about not getting the book you want. One way to guarantee you get a copy is to pre-order. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely, if you're looking if you're looking forward to a specific book this upcoming season, fall season, I would pre-order the fuck out of that book. Honestly, yeah. um, I know Chloe Gong's book, her sequel to These Violent Delights, Our Violent Ends. That one's coming out soon, and I know that one's going to be pretty popular. Personally, I'm going to pre-order that one. Um, I can't think of any other ones off the top of my head. I know the Winter Promise Quartet is coming to an end. The last book just got translated and is getting put out this coming season. Um, So any of you, I actually read it already through NetGalley, but... If that's something you want to get your hands on because you want the complete series, they're very pretty books, I would pre-order it. Pre-order all the books that you want this season because that's the only yeah. way you can guarantee a copy.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I completely agree. That's, like, the only the only real way you're going to get it because getting it in stores is going to be very difficult unless you are on top of your shit. And knowing right. us, we aren't. So,
0: Absolutely not. I don't know what's happening 99% of the time, so. But yeah, that's that's it on our supply chain. Rant. PSA. Yeah.
1: Uh, so pre-order. That's the only way to do it.
0: Oh, I was gonna say something else. Pre-ordering also helps authors, so like. Oh, yeah. If you want to support your favorite author, just in general, I pre-order that bitch. Yeah. That's... It helps them with numbers, helps them with sales, it helps the publisher. It's just all around a nice thing to do if you can yeah. if you're able to. Also, request it at your library. That's another thing you can do if you can't buy it. Request it at your library, and then, then they can pre-order it and get it in for you.
1: Speaking of sales and pre-ordering, I watched the Wildest documentary this week. Oh, yeah? Um, And shout out to TikTok for telling me about this. <laughs> Have you heard of the Lula Rich documentary on Netflix? Yeah,
0: bitch. I watched that shit- the shit, that shit, the day
1: it dropped on Friday. Oh my god. I've watched it twice already this week, once by myself, and then once last night with my brother-in-law, my dad, my sister, and my mom. Oh my gosh. A stand. He, my brother-in-law was sucked in. Like, dinner got there during the last episode, and he's like, hold on, I want to finish this. Like, he was <laughs> invested. Damn. It's wild. Like, MLMs in general... I can't wait for the I, one about Monet to come out. That's going to be
0: a fun one. Oh, boy. can only hope and wish it comes soon. Right? I like all MLMs. Like, they're just so fascinating how they specifically target the same demographic.
1: Re- honestly. and it's just, And I feel bad for, like, the victims because, like, you're clearly in a place where you need that. Right. If you're... Being classified as a victim, I guess, is the only way to put it. Right. But I just thought it was so... I Props to those directors for getting the founders in front of the camera. Like, they yes. thought it was, like, a real interview. Yes. Amazing. Iconic. Never been done before.
0: I can't believe... I mean, I heard... I can't remember where I heard it. It might have been TikTok, but it might have also been an article I read that they basically told the, like, told the founders... Listen, we're making this documentary whether you want it want to or not. We're just giving you the like opportunity to tell your side of the story, or else we'll tell it for you. And they're such huge narcissists that they were yeah, like, yeah, that
1: they wanted to do it, right? That's... But it's
0: still, I can't believe people are that big of a narcissist that they're like, yeah, I'm gonna go on this documentary that's bashing my company,
1: right? That's so funny. Do we want to hop into this week's
0: book? I was just about to say, should we just should we dive in?
1: Ooh, I'm this, about is... To dive in.
0: <laughs> this is the long-awaited la- closing out of the Lord of the Rings trilogy.
1: <sighs> We've been waiting for this
0: B. Bee. We've been waiting for this B. I'm sorry it took so long, but I had to go back to work this week, so that's been, uh, in a word, depressing.
1: Oof, um, yeah.
0: That... It's been trying.
1: Thanks, Obama. Just kidding.
0: Obama's had been in office for like (laughs) five years, but... Thanks, Obama. I just... Oh my gosh, it's funny that you said that because I literally just made that joke last week. I'm
1: so glad we're like on the same page.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what I was complaining about. I was like, oh, thanks, Biden. And I was like, actually, no. Thanks, Obama. (laughs) We wouldn't have Biden without Obama. Uh, So true. So yes, The Return of the King... We're finishing this bitch out, boop, boop. and I think even my next book might also be a sequel to a book we did before, Ooh. so it's it's sequel city up in here with me. So It's sequel September! Yes, sequel September! That's such a good one, OMG. We should do that next year. We should! That would be, like, we'll have to write that down. I'm gonna write it down right now. Add it to the list of things we said we were gonna do and never did. Right. But this one we could actually do. Like, that's like a good theme.
1: Thank you.
0: September. So we start off with The Return of the King. Also, by the way, this book is like hella long. So if I am glancing over some things, that is simply because I cannot make this episode three hours long.
1: So We've done it before and we hated every second of it.
0: Yeah, that's true. So I just refuse to have an hour episode or a three hour episode. So keep that in mind. So we're starting this book out with Gandalf and Pippin riding off to Minas Tirith to meet up with some some homies, you know. And Minas Tirith is built on a seven tier on a seven-tiered like level on a hill thing. It says it has like seven rings. So I'm picturing like on top of the hill and there's like seven <laughs> levels up to the hill. It's like Inception but visually. Yeah, exactly. So each tier is surrounded by one of the seven semi-circular stone walls. So this this seems like a fortress to me, if you ask me. Yeah. So clearly, Minus Turth is bawling. Like, they are just out here.
1: If you doing had a. Um, sorry to be off top, Well, not off-topic, but if you had a uh, castle, how would you protect it? How would I protect it? Yeah, like, what would you use to protect?
0: Ah, let me tell you. Gatekeep? (laughs) Gatekeep, gaslight. (laughs) Gaslight, girlboss.
1: (laughs) You gatekeep the outside. Exactly. You gaslight up anybody who wants to come in. Exactly. And then you girlboss your way through the- I get you, boo. Thank you, thank you. That was great. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) But- from what
0: they describe in the book, it seems like maybe is Truth was bawling and they're not bawling anymore because like things have like fallen to disrepair a little bit. Mm. Which, you know what? Fair. They're in a war, so I understand. So Gandalf is bringing Pippin to Boromir's dad. He Boromir is the guy who tried to take the ring from Frodo in the first book mm-hmm. and then he died in the second book very quickly.
1: It wasn't that Sean Bean... I think so. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't. I've only you. watched
0: the first movie, so <clears throat> <laughs> so um, right away, I am feeling some animosity here between Gandalf and um, the Boromir's dad, Denethor. Uh, if men would simply express themselves, instant
1: world peace. Instant let me world tell peace. You. Absolutely. Right. If men were in tune with their feelings, there would be no problems. Right. So, they kind of
0: bicker a little bit, and um, I wrote down in my notes, OMG, not a dick measuring contest. And i reference <laughs> referenced that a couple times, because Gandalf and Denethor really do not like each other. Like, they hate each other. For what? I don't know yet. We will get to it, but they hate but there, each other. But there is there a reason? There is a reason. Okay. So... While they're talking to Denethor... He's just being real sketchy. I don't trust this man. In my notes, I wrote side eye emoji, I do not trust Denethor. He is just a little sneak. I'm not I'm not a fan. But Pippin asks like Denethor if he can serve him. Denethor like agrees and that's how that chapter closes. It's really like whatever. So, now we're back with Gimli, Legolas, Merry, and Aragorn. Who are still together back with the writers of Rowan. And more people have just joined. It's a party. And these new people, I don't really... I don't know if I trust them yet, but, like, we'll just see how this plays out, you know? Mm -hmm. They're here, they're trying to help the cause, whatever. So, Gimli, Legolas, and, and Aragorn decide that they have to leave to go on this path of the dead, whatever the fuck that means. <clears throat> it doesn't sound great to me, but they have to take this path because Aragorn had a dr- had a dream, or I don't know. He he feels like he needs to go to this path. And I don't know. He thinks this is going to help somehow. He's Because the writers of Rowan are planning to, to go to Minus Turt to help out, and Aragorn is like, yo, dudes, we're not going to make it. Like, this is... I don't know if y'all are going to make it on time. And then Minus Turth is it's, it's not going to be there anymore. So <laughs> he's like, well, let me just try this path of the dead out and maybe a bitch can make it. Maybe a bitch can, can make some moves here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so um, a- apparently Aragorn looked into the plantier stone thing that Saruman can like look into. From the book book, from the last book, Sauron or Sauron? I think it's Sauron, sorry. The names mm-hmm. are so similar. Sauron is like the big baddie. Sauron was like the, the little baddie. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is going to be so great for all the people who are like really into Lord of the Rings. They're going to be
1: fuming. Fuming. And I'm Listen, so excited.
0: this series, it's so long. I'm so confused a lot of the time. <laughs> I'm stupid. What do you ask? What more can you ask for? <laughs> so, Eric. So that's why Aragorn is like, "Oh, I need to take the path of the dead," because he like looks into the planter and is like, "Yeah, I looked into this stone, and guess what? I do it again, bitch." <laughs> and it, I guess in the stone, it like tell, like it proves to him that he needs to take this path. Uh, Gimli is not about this. He's like, I don't know about this one, fam. Mm, <laughs> not not, not sure, sure about this one, chief. Yeah, he's like, mm, not feeling it. And he kind of like wants to turn around, but nevertheless, they go off.
1: Nevertheless, have, she persisted. Nevertheless,
0: she persisted, except for there are no women um, <laughs> in this group. So, <laughs> and as they go into this path, they hear a creepy voice, which at, uh, reading this through, I thought was Gollum. It's not Gollum. Spoiler alert.
1: <laughs> Spoiler alert. Gollum, not here. Not here. So... As they're
0: going on this path, Theoden, Eomir, Merry, and the Riders of Rowan go onwards toward toward Dunharo. And uh, Theoden, remember, is, like, the king of the the Rowan, the Riders of Rowan, like, Mm -hmm. their whole land. (laughs) Yeah, that
1: whole thing.
0: Thing. So, Merry is worried about his buddies because... He's now the only one left with the Riders of Rowan. And he's like, none of my friends are here. He's thinking about the hobbits, Pippin. He's like, oh my god,
1: if we had to walk on a sidewalk, I would have to be the tip of the triangle walking behind them.
0: (laughs) So true. So after a couple horrible days, they arrive at the valley of Harrodale, where a narrow gorge leads to Dunharo. In the morning, they travel on to Edoras before riding to... Gondor to join the war. Eomir suggests that Theoden stays in safety at Edoras, but Theoden says, No way, Jose. That's not the way a king acts. I'm going in with my troops. What a baddie. We love, we stand. What a leader. So the remainder of his people are ready and waiting for him at the battlefield. The road to Dunharo is really interesting. It's a steep track lined with odd clumsy statues of men um that are called pukkelmen and i feel like we've seen this before like in the second book they're on when frodo and sam are on their way to mordor yeah they they have a place where they like come up to some statues that are really weird so i don't know if that comes back into play but like it's i was like this seems familiar it probably doesn't it's probably just you know some statues that are there <laughs> Only the co- the king's guard is going up into the hold. The rest of them, the riders, are going to the camps that have been prepared for them. And as they arrive at the hold, Eowyn comes out uh, to greet them. So Eowyn and Eoden are siblings, and they're Theoden's kids, for anyone. That's not confused. fucking confusing. Yeah, exactly. Who was confused, as I was, about this relationship here. So, she is dressed in armor to the waist with her long hair and braids beneath her helmet. Instantly, I stand, Eowyn.
1: Yeah. Instantly. You said there were no girls there, but nevertheless, she persisted. She persisted. So,
0: although she promises that everything is chill, everything's fine, she seems like everything is not chill, everything is not fine, and that she is not having a good time right now. So, I don't know. I don't know, Eowyn. Doesn't seem like everything's cool, but I'll, I'll believe you, homie. So, that's when she breaks the news that Aragon is gone, uh, has gone to the paths of the dead. Mary is getting really sad now, as he has no companions left in the Fellowship with whom he can ride into battle, which, like, fair. I can't believe they they left Mary there because he wanted to be there, mm-hmm. but, I don't know, I also would have anxiety about that if I were Mary. That's just me, though, I guess. But that's just me. So... Suddenly, Mary hears a trumpet calling for the king's meal, and he goes to wait on him because now he's joined, like, the troops. He's joined Theoden's, like, Club. circle. Yeah. Club. Cult, did you say? Club? Oh, I thought you said cult. I was like, uh, not quite, but <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so at dinner, he finds Theoden, Eowyn, and here at the table, and Theoden then invites Mary to join them. Wanting to know more about what's going on, Mary asks, "What exactly the paths of the dead are?" Which, thank you, Mary. I too would also like to know what the paths of the dead are. And Theoden says that no one really knows, even though they are aware of the gate into the haunted mountain, which is where they went into. Uh, they he says that one guy, only one guy, has ever gone into the paths of the dead, and he never came out. So that's just great. That bodes well for us, doesn't it?
1: We love that for whoever went in there.
0: Right. So, that's comforting. But maybe now is the time that the dead have been waiting for. Eomir stomps all over this faint hope and says he's dead sure that Aragorn is not making it. He's not coming back out. He's dead, basically. Well,
1: aren't you a little pessimist?
0: I know. He's a little Debbie Downer there. So, just then, a man from Gondor arrives, demanding to speak with Theoden. Uh, when Mary sees him, he thinks that... He gasps because he thinks this man looks a lot like Boromir. Obviously, because he's from Gondor, which is where Boromir is from. He's, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So this guy's name is Hirgon, and he is, like, the errand boy <clears throat> of Denethor. And he's carrying a red arrow, which is the sign of Gondor's dire, direst need, and has come to ask for men to help defend Gondor. Theoden says... I got you, fam. I can bring 6,000 of Damn. my men. Yeah. So, unfortunately, it will take them another week for the men of Rowan to walk to Minas turth Hiraghan worries that Minas turth will already be ruined by then, but says, let's do it, let's go. So, so the next morning, Mary walks in to hear a man standing next to Hiraghan, explaining that, this is a direct quote, now a great cloud hangs over... Over all the land between here and the mountains of shadow, and it is deepening. War has already begun. So, if that is not some foreboding, I don't know what is.
1: Yeah, that's a little sketch. It's a little sus.
0: Right. So, Theoden orders Mary to stay and help Eowyn, who will be leading the people of Rowan while Theoden is on the battlefield. Um, Mary. ...is not thrilled at this. He wants to be up there fighting with Theoden. He doesn't want to just be, like, stuck in the back.
1: Put the little guy at the front. He can cut people off at the knees. Like, he's a little... <laughs> he can, like, move between people's legs. Like, people don't realize how resourceful short people are. Just ironic
0: that we're saying that since we're both tall.
1: Since we are both over 5'8".
0: Yeah. So, Eowyn gives Mary a belt, a knife, and a shield... And as Mary walks out with the men of the king's household, his eye is caught particularly by a man near the end of the ranks of the soldiers. And he realizes that it's a, a face that's, like, he's going in search of death. He's, like... I'm ready to die. Looking for it. Yeah, right. Um, which is unsettling, mm,
1: to yeah. say the least.
0: Homie's like, so... I've here Mary- for
1: a good time, not a long time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Mary keeps arguing with Theoden about being allowed to go to Gondor until finally a young writer approaches Mary and asks if he wants to ride with Theoden. Um, obviously, Mary says, yeah, duh, idiot. Yeah. Yeah, duh. <laughs> and the writer puts, um, the writer whose name is Dernhelm puts Mary in front of him on his horse. Oh, how cute. I know. It's like the cover of a romance novel. <laughs> Could you imagine? So... As they travel, they hear news of orcs attacking the eastern borders of Rowan. And though the writers want to help, Eumir tells them that it's too late to turn back and that it's best to just go to Gondor at this point. So now we're back to Gondor, to which Gandalf wakes Pippin to tell him that Denethor has summoned Pippin to learn his new duties because he's joined his cavalcade. Mm-hmm. Um, Denethor appoints Pippin his new esquire, (laughs) which means that Pippin is basically, like, a servant. (laughs) His duties are, like, to wait on Denethor, do errands, and talk to him. So... You're, like, paying for a friend. Yeah, basically. Like an assistant. (laughs) So, with this new job means he needs a uniform. So, Denethor orders Pippin to the armories to get the appropriate Mm get-up. Mm-hmm. So he has already requested that they make the Hobbit smaller garments in black and silver. And by 11, he finally gets a break for lunch. So he seeks out Birgond, who is, like, one of the Gondorians. Mm-hmm. And the two chat over over their meal. Um, Birgond wishes, uh, again... I'm sorry, Birmore wishes that Faramir was here and Pippin wonders where Gandalf has gone. Faramir is Denethor's other son who we met in the second book when Frodo and Sam ran into him on their way to Mordor. Mm -hmm. And so Pippin realizes Gandalf's gone and wonders where he could have snuck off to. Suddenly, there's a horrible cry in the air, of course, because now we have to have some drama. (laughs) It's the Nazgul, and there are five of them, and they are flying just out of arrow range of minus turf. So things are heating up. Uh, Pippin can see that they are looking for something, but he's not sure what until he sees four or five men on horses on the ground in front of the city. Birgon hears the sound of Faramir's horn. Realizing he's in in trouble, he dashes off to help his his fam, his buddy. (laughs) So meanwhile, Pippin watches as a glowing white light approaches the Nazgul. And what do you know, it's Gandalf being a bad bitch as huge. When Gandalf shoots out a white light from his hands, the Nazguls scatter. Because remember, they hate light. Ah, right, 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 right. Uh. So Pippin rushes to the Citadel where he expects that Farmer will be going straight away. Um, And as soon as he sees the man, Pippin is totally like, he's like kind of fangirling. He's really impressed and starts shouting his name. Uh, when Faramir sees Pippin, he's again stunned at the sight of a hobbit. If I could tell you how many times the, the characters in this book are shocked to see a hobbit... <laughs> what? It, I would be able to buy a whole nother copy of this series. Like, it's a lot of times. Yeah. So Gandalf leads Faramir to Denethor straight away, and he, Faramir tells his father about his travels... Um, and then turns to Pippin and remarks that it's odd that Pippin isn't the first halfling Faramir has seen in the south, which is what they call hobbits. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when Faramir gives them the whole hot goss on meeting Frodo, Sam, and Gollum. When Faramir informs them that he parted with Frodo on the road to Cirith Angol, Gandalf wants more information. Just what exactly were they doing there? Why were they taking this road? But Faramir can obviously offer them no more info, because it's when they parted. Yeah. Denethor scolds Faramir for looking to him, Denethor, for advice, but never following it. And then he accuses Faramir of listening to Gandalf instead of his own father. Again, have it a dick measuring contest later, boys.
1: Yeah, right?
0: Is that really now important is, right
1: now? Now is not the
0: time. Now is certainly not the time. As it turns out, the real reason he's angry is because he thinks Boromir at least would have brought Denethor back the ring. And so he's pissed at at about that. That's why he's mad at Gandalf. That's why he's mad at everything.
1: Mm-hmm. Faramir
0: r- reminds Denethor, "Hey dude, the only reason Boromir wanted to went to Rivendell instead of Far instead of Faramir is because Denethor ordered it." So, it's really his own doing. Gandalf cuts in reminding them that if Boromir had taken the ring, he wouldn't have brought it to Denethor in, in any case. He would have kept it for himself and been corrupted. Yeah. Which is true. Denethor is like, whatever, and <laughs> thinks it's totally stupid to send the ring into Mordor with a quote unquote witless halfling.
1: Well, shit. That's right. him. That sounds like m- the equivalent of like mud blood. Like it's a slur. It does kind of feel like a slur. I feel like every time they say halfling, it kind
0: of sounds like a slur to me. So he says that they should have hidden it and not used it except to bring a final victory that would kill the user as well as Sauron. Gandalf tells Denethor that he, quite frankly, does not trust Denethor with the ring. In fact, Gandalf doesn't even trust himself with it. So Denethor says, I, don't, I do not hear it. I am not listening. And changes the subject. Yeah. Uh Denethor lets Faramir go and rest until tomorrow and Pippin and Gandalf retreat to their rooms. Pippin asks if there's any hope left for Frodo. And Gandalf says there's only a fool's hope, but at least now they know that Sauron has started the war without having captured Frodo. So, at least there's that, I, I guess. Yeah. Still, Gandalf wonders why Frodo and Sam decided to get go through Cirith Ungol. Because, as we remember, that was, like, not a good move.
1: <laughs> not smart. Part.
0: Right. Gandalf rightfully suspects that Go- Gollum has betrayed Frodo and Sam. Which, Gandalf be- do be right. He do be right. The next day, Denethor, Faramir, Gandalf, and... Oh my gosh, I'm gonna, like, butcher this name. Imrali No, Imrael? Imrael. They hold a brief cons- uh, council. Denethor wants to hold... Osgileth since he knows that's where Sauron will hit hard but Faramir thinks that it's a waste of, t- of men to try and hold the bridges so far from turth. so Imrail brings up Ki- Kyra Andros which is the north of Ithilin Ithilion Ith- Ithilion Ithilion if they try to hold Osg, <laughs> this is such a horrible fucking section <laughs> it's okay we'll power through you got this if they try to hold Asgiliath, they should also worry about the men in the fortress, since Sauron will have enough troops to attack on multiple fronts at once. Denethor refuses to give up Induin in the fields of Plenor without a fight, so Faramir volunteers to defend Osgiliath. Meanwhile, everyone in Minas Tirth is just... They hear news that there are southern regiments joining the host. the host of soldiers from Mordor that is about to march on Osgiliath. Things are not looking good at all at this point. On the fourth day, news comes that Farmir has had to surrender the forts to the enemy and now is retreating, but his troops are outnumbered tenfold. At this news, news Gandalf rides off to join Farmir in battle, returning a while later with the news that Gondorian troops are retreating to the walls of the city. Farmir is still fighting with soldiers Of the rear guard, so the the guards at the very back, you know. Mm -hmm. And as far as Gandalf knows, he's still alive. The problem is that the Mordor is being led by the Lord of the Nazgul, who is super fucking nasty. This man is not a good time. (laughs) And Denethor then accuses Gandalf of running away from the fight, to which Gandalf says, "Excuse me, sir." The Lord of Nazgul is not appearing in battle yet himself. He's driving his slaves in the f- in front of him first, so he returned to escort the injured back to the city. Thank you very much. He is not did not appreciate being accused of running away from a fight. He also wants to warn Denethor that the war has come to the fields of Plenor, and they need to send as many horsemen as possible to the battle. They will have some reinforcements from Kair Andros, since that fort has fallen and the surviving soldiers are returning to Minas Tirith the problem is that there's another army coming from Mordor from the northeast so
1: this is all around a bad situation don't like it don't love it no and not if at this all. was all women it would have been solved before the first chapter two, of the first book
0: 2 seconds exactly all over the watchers from the walls of Midas Turth see a company of men retreating to the city, but then suddenly a company of Southrons come riding up and the Nazgul swoop in. There are, and there are orcs too. So, like, they're all just converging. Bottom line, Faramir's retreat has become utter defeat. Yikes. Big yikes. A horn sounds from the citadel and all the mountain men left in the city come riding out to help. The attacking enemies are taken by surprise and scatter, and the cavalry of Gondor marches back to the city proudly. Despite this brief victory, Faramir has lost a third of his men, and he himself is horribly injured. Imrahil carries Faramir back to Denethor, who lays Faramir out on a bed and then refuses to speak. The The Gondorians have abandoned Plenor to the enemy, and the gate of Minas turth is now officially shut and all the soldiers can do is watch as masses of orcs start camping out around the city preparing for the inevitable assault. They're just sitting ducks at this point. <laughs> like, the orcs start building missile engines for hurling explosives into the city while many of the citizens start to feel the effects of hunger and despair. The Nazgul keep circling around the city too. And, you know, just now would be a great time for Rowan to show up. Like, for the writers to show up. Mm -hmm. But that would be peachy keen. (laughs) Throughout all of this, Farmir is lying in bed with a high fever, with Denethor not leaving his side. Pippin tries and fails to comfort Denethor, but all Denethor can think about is that he just sent his son into battle without any blessing or any thanks. He's so busy feeling sorry for himself, that he won't go down and help with the arrangements for Minas Tirith's defense. So Gandalf takes command of the city's defenses with a with help from Imrahil. A message comes to Denethor asking for orders because the first circle of the city is burning. Denethor says grimly, and this is a direct quote, "I will I will go now to my pyre, to my pyre. The West has failed, go back and burn." The messengers all run away. Fair. Valid. I, too, would also run away. Denethor is just not in a great mental headspace right now. <laughs> and then when, the, uh, when Denethor tells Pippin farewell, the Hobbit refuses to leave and instead runs to go find Gandalf. Denethor's servants help carry Faramir to... This like tomb where all of the stewards of Gondor, what that's what they call the like the king basically what Denethor is. Mm-hmm. They take him to like this tomb. So in this tomb is like where all the kings are buried from Gondor, and is everyone is like freaking out as Denethor walks down into this tomb, and they go into the house of the stewards and put Farmer down on the one on one of the empty tables, and all the other tables have a form of a man with his hands folded. Um... No sooner have the servants bowed their heads than Denethor tells them to to, fetch, to go get wood and lay it all down around the table. He and Faramir are not going to be embalmed. I don't know if you're catching on to this yet.
1: They're, they're legit. He's just going to set himself on fire. They're going to midsummer this bitch.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was a good
0: one. That's all I could think about in, during this part. I was like...
1: Florence Pugh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Francesca's doing that face that she always does where like she the just makes the face. frown.
1: Yeah, where like the rest of her face doesn't look sad, but her she's just doing the. Yeah, literally. I've never seen anyone actually frown until she started acting. That's talent, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so uh,
0: after this last duty, his servants. Can can leave, Denethor tells them. Mm-hmm. As Pippin runs out of the house of the stewards, he tells a servant guarding the door to not do anything t- until Gandalf comes. Do not do anything. Thanks. Be back. Pippin runs into Baragon, who asks where Denethor has gone. And apparently he had heard a rumor that, s- that he had gone towards the closed door with Faramir and starts crying at the thought of Faramir's death. But Pippin tells him that Farmer isn't dead yet, and the real problem is Denethor. Mm -hmm. So Pippin asks Bergon to help him prevent something awful from happening. Bergon is worried about deserting his post, but Pippin assures him that this is way more important. Then Pippin finally finds Gandalf, but he's a little busy at the moment, uh, because throughout the night the Southerons... ...have been throwing themselves at the gate, and they have the Olafants from the second book. Mm -hmm. They have them in there, and they're using a gigantic battering ram to try to bust this bitch down. Gondor is doing everything they can to fend off Sauron's army. The Lord of, of the Nazguls orders the Southrons to ram the gate three times, and on the final strike, it busts open... And the Lord of the Nazgul rides into the city, and he finds Gandalf waiting for him. <clears throat> the, Na- the Lord of the Nazgul draws his sword and laughs at Gandalf. But just then, the riders of Rowan finally arrive in Minas turth. Thank the Lord, we've been needing them. So the Lord of the Nazgul is focused on the gates of Gondor that he hasn't even noticed that they're there yet. And suddenly there's a crack of lightning that illuminates the city with a, with a huge boom. And Theoden stands and Thor? shouts. Thor? Oh, Thor? Is that you? Yeah. So Theoden, Theoden stands and shouts, direct quote, Arise, arise, riders of Theoden. Fell fel deeds wi- awake. Fire and slaughter. spear shall be shaken. shield be splintered. A sword day, a red day. Ere the sun rises. Ride now, ride now. Ride to Gondor. Hmm. What an inspiring king! What can I say? Quite literally, he bless on his thorn. <laughs> he bless on his. Ho- he blows his horn, and all of his men pick up their horns and do the same. Let's go. Let's <laughs> let's go. Let's go, um, riders. Let's go. Like let's go, lesbians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't go,
1: lesbians. Let's go. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the, the scene from Camp Rock.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's what they do, actually, to go into yeah. Minas Tirith. They go, Camp Rock! We do the, the Camp Rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so Theoden rides into battle so fast that no one can overtake him. The soldiers of Mordor are just, like, shaking in terror as the writers of Rowan burst into song. Of course, because it wouldn't <laughs> be a J.R.R. Tolkien so- book without we, a song. We weren't <laughs> kidding.
1: They literally do this theme from Camp Rock.
0: <laughs> they literally, yeah, exactly. The Lord of the Nazgul doesn't let this unexpected appearance throw him too much, though, and soon disappears from the gate to Minas Tirth. Theoden reaches the road to Minas Tirth, where he sees Elfham and his men destroying the Ark's missile machines. The riders of Rowan are all over this bitch. They're all over the Plenor fields, but they still haven't broken the siege. The chieftain of the Southrons throws himself at Theoden, so Theoden cuts him down, and the Thorans scatter. As you would. This man. This man is, like, doing the absolute most. (laughs) Suddenly Suddenly, something comes down from the sky and pierces Theoden's horse. I'm not exactly certain what it is, but I'm, like, imagining, like, a sword or something, or an arrow. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of picturing, like, an arrow, I feel like. And when the horse falls, he lands right on top of Theoden, trapping him. All of Theoden's men lie killed on the ground, dead. And except for one, which is Dernhelm, who got picked Mary up and put him on, on their horse. Mary is on the ground nearby... Absolutely sick. He is so scared, he won't even, like, look up. He can't bear to look.
1: <laughs> Mood. Literally That's just on his mean. hands and knees, <laughs> vomiting.
0: <laughs> I can't even look. <laughs> but Dernholm, not he's, like, not so fast. He draws his sword and refuses to allow the Nazgul access to Theoden. The lord of the Nazgul tells Durnhelm, direct quote, Hinder me. Thou fool, no living man may hinder me. Durnhelm laughs. It answers, Well, it's a good thing she's not a man because it's Eowyn. Boom! Pew, 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 Filled with, like, with. After this reveal, Mary is suddenly filled with so much bravery that. and realizes that she can't be allowed to stand against the Nazgul by herself. So he crawls up behind the Na- the Lord of the Nazgul, who is so focused on Eowyn, he doesn't even notice.
1: This and... is why we need short people in the world.
0: Exactly. And Eowyn slashes the head of the the Nazgul's, the Lord of the Nazgul's beastie. That's what I called him. <laughs> he call it, like slashes it, clean off. Damn! And, yeah, a bad bitch, what can I say? <laughs> And the Lord of the Nazguls stands up, raises his mace, and starts bring- and brings it down on her shield, which shatters and breaks her arm as well. Damn! He then raises his mace again to kill her, but he stumbles because Mary has stabbed him in the back like a bad bitch. Damn! Iconic. And Mary shouts Eowyn's name, and with her last strength, Eowyn stands and drives her sword into the space between the Nazgul's crown and like. It says, I think, like, in his head.
1: Yeah. In his forehead.
0: Right. It says mantle, but... So I'm, like, picture... Oh, he's just just
1: being a stupid bitch and using big words. It's the head. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't know, because it's Nezgol... They're not, like, humans. Oh! So...
1: I didn't put that together, yeah.
0: What are you... Thinking I'm a dumb bitch? I mean, I am. So valid. (laughs) (laughs) So his crown rolls away, and a thin cry fills the air, fading slowly. I'm picturing like when Voldemort gets killed in the movie. And he just like, like fades away. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> After this, Eowyn passes out cold on the battlefield. What can I say? Same.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Mary, meanwhile, goes to Theoden, who is badly injured. And I don't think he's not making it, fam. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> He, he ain't looking so good. He's not looking so hot. Theoden opens his eyes and says farewell to Merry. And meanwhile, things aren't going well in battle. New forces arrive as reinforcements for the enemy. Uh, Eomir is m- taking control of the riders of Rowan. And Imrahil has come out of the gate of gates of Midas Turth to check out the situation. Eomir rides over to Theoden, and one of Eomir's knights picks up Theoden's fallen banner. When Theoden sees the banner, he indicates that it should be given to Eomir. Theoden's last words to Eomir, and I think just in general, Mm -hmm. are, Hail King of the Mark, ride now to victory, bid Eowyn farewell. So he dies without even knowing that Eowyn was the one who killed the king of the Nazguls. That's bullshit. That's kind of sad. Yeah, so... Eomir kind of cries and orders that Theoden's body be taken from the field in honor. Also, we stand a king who, like, doesn't afraid to be, to cry, so, like, go off. Yes, Eumir. we love
1: a man that shows emotion. Right, exactly. Um,
0: then the new king notices Eowyn lying unconscious, which leaves him even more confused and distraught. But then he's he resolves himself and leads the Rowan's straight... At the enemy. And of course, no one really Mary's, notices Mary during this time, who, when he picks up his sword that he had, has just dis- disintegrated, which is like the sword he's had since the first book, which is like, oof, everything's coming to a close now, boys. Iconic. I know. So the knights of Rowan carry Theoden and Eowyn away, and they come back later to bury the king's men, the king's men who uh, were fallen beside him. Mary walks alongside the bearers, crying, obviously, because it's very sad, and he thinks Eowyn is dead. Imrahil rides up and asks what they are carrying, and then notices that Eowyn is still breathing and could be saved. So it's a lucky thing they came to help, because Eowyn is having some serious troubles. The elephants of the Southerons are freaking out the horses, (laughs) which yeah, same, they would freak me out too. (laughs) And of course they continue to be horribly outnumbered by the forces of Mordor, reinforcements keep coming for the Southerns and things just keep getting worse until a shout goes up from the city that the ships of Umbar are arriving up the Anduin River. This seems like the end because those are the bad guy ships. How can they survive even more enemy troops? And some start sounding for a retreat, and when Eomir looks to the river, hope dies in his heart, because he's kind of hoping that Aragorn will show back up, obviously. Eomir feels like he has to decide that he is going to make his last stand on foot, if he has to, as the last king. My guy has already committed to this title that he's had for five whole minutes. We love taking responsibility. (laughs) He then, like, goes in and starts laughing at the joy of battle. Because he's a sick son of a bitch, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> then, just when he's resigned himself to f- uh, fighting uh, to fighting until death, the first of the ships sailing up the Anduin unveils, unveils its banner, and it's the banner, banner of Arwen, stitched for Aragorn. Aragorn has come back. My love, my, I stand. what can I say? The warriors of Mordor freak out as they realize that these ships are not theirs and aragorn has arrived with legolas gimli halbard eldon elror a bunch of these different people who i really don't remember the rangers are there and they all flood out things are looking up for side good what can i say <laughs> Eomir and Aragorn meet in the middle of the battle and are stoked to see each other. They're like, hey bro, they're, You know, maybe they're giving some bro hugs.
1: They do like the, da- they dap each other up and then they like, hug each other. Yeah, 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 exactly. Where they have like the fist between the middle of them yeah. so they're not actually yeah. touching so it's not gay. Yeah, yeah. right, right, right.
0: <laughs> when Aragorn, Eomir, and Emeril return to Gondor, they are utterly exhausted but unhurt. Unfortunately, a lot other people are hurt and dead. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, during this all, Pippin finally gets Gandalf to come with him to save Faramir, who is in danger of literally burning alive at the hands of his own father.
1: Damn. Gandalf,
0: yeah, Gandalf, yeah, talk about family drama, am I right? (coughs) Gandalf storms in there and is like, whoa, buddy, hold up there, you giant lunatic, let's not do this. Denethor is a huge Debbie Downer and is like, well, all hope is lost, so I may as well just just get on with it. Gandalf is like, "I right, calm down, <clears throat> cool off, and takes Faramir from where he was surrounded by oiled piles of wood. Faramir stirs and calls out for his father, delirious. This seems to break Denethor out of his crazed state, and Gandalf starts scolding Denethor for trying to kill himself and his son and suddenly Denethor laughs and whips out a covering sorry whips a covering off the pillow that he had been using and shows a, a palantir which is the stone that Aragorn was also he also had that he, that he could see Sauron in mm-hmm. so he has one as well he tells Gandalf that there's no hope left and then he knows Gandalf wants to rule Denethor's place which is, like, so very untrue, but go off, I guess. <laughs> he even thinks that Pippin is a, sc- a spy for Gandalf, which is pretty funny. Um, plus, Denethor knows that Aragorn is coming and that Gandalf will try to replace Denethor with Aragorn. Which, like, okay, maybe he is, that is a valid point. Like, that is true. So, <laughs> he got me there. I mean, go off, I guess. A stop clock is twice right twice a day, so... <laughs> Um, all that Denethor wants is for things to go on as they have, with Minas Tirith and Peace, and Denethor as, as the king, with an heir to follow him. But if he can't have those things, then Denethor will have nothing. Dramatic, much?
1: <clears throat>
0: Gandalf tells him that there is honor for kings who faithfully give up their charges, but Denethor has totally lost it. He's beyond reason. He takes out his knife and walks towards Faramir. He's... That's when... Birgon jumps in front of Faramir and stops Denethor from hurting his son. Giving up this fight with Faramir, Denethor says at least he will have control of his own death. So he orders two of his servants to join him, grabs a torch from one of them, sets the oiled wood on fire, and jumps onto the empty table. Then breaks the staff of his stewardship and throws the pieces onto the fire and then lies down among the flames and, like, dies.
1: The drama. The drama, right? Iconic. I would... (laughs) We both know if I had to choose my death, I would go out in a blaze of fucking glory. No pun intended.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Gandalf turns to Birgon and the two servants of Denethor. He tells them to to put aside their anger because Denethor's madness was the work of Sauron. To which I was like, what? But it makes sense because I guess he had like the plantier, which Sauron also had access to, so he like must have poisoned his mind somehow with the plantier. So Mm -hmm. as Gandalf and Baragon carry Faramir out of the house of the stewards, the surviving servants look back to see the flames engulf the entire building. So Gandalf explains that Imrahil is in charge while Faramir is ill, but he is Currently in battle, so Gandalf takes responsibility. As they enter the House of Healing, they hear a horrible cry that freezes their blood for a moment, but when it passes, all of Minas' turf feels lighter. Gandalf, however, still looks grim. He announces to Birgon and Pippin that while it's great that the Lord of the Nazgul has been cut down, which is what that scream was, their side has still paid a big price. Gandalf guessed long ago that the stewards of Gondor have held a a palantir in secret. And when Denethor was sane, he would never have dreamed of using it to challenge Sauron. But when Boromir left and the threat of the city grew, Gandalf suspects that Denethor looked into the stone one too many times. Mm -hmm. Sauron, sensing the perfect opportunity, fed Denethor's despair until it destroyed his mind. So, Sauron's will has entered right into the heart of Minas Tirith, delaying Gandalf. Gandalf tells Berrigan to go to the Citadel and explain what has happened. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> he believes that the chief of the guard there will have no choice but to relieve Baragon of duty, which is perfect because Gandalf wants Baragon to go to the House of Healing to be on hand when Faramir wakes up. No offense, but Baragon and Faramir? I'm sensing a little something going on there. gotta be shipping them? I'm kind of shipping them. We love that. Meanwhile, uh, Mary arrives in Minas turth. With the men of Rowan, who are carrying Theoden, Eowyn. They have laid Eowyn on soft pillows, and they have covered Theoden with a golden cloth. Suddenly, out of the dark, Merry hears a familiar voice. Who's like,
1: Oi, Merry! Hey, what's up? (laughs) Fucking Trevor! That's all I can think of. Fucking (laughs) Trevor! It's Pippin,
0: obviously. And they're together again, reunited. And it
1: feels so good. so good.
0: Pippin informs Mary that Eowyn and Theoden have been taken into the Citadel. Mary tells Pippin that ever since he stabbed the Nazgul, he has not been able to use his right arm. Oh, that sounds concerning. I would have told someone Uh, that, but okay. Maybe, yeah. So, Pippin brings Mary to the main road of the Citadel. As Pippin struggles to support Mary uphill, someone comes running by, running errands for the healers, and Pippin asks him to go to the House of the Healing for help for Mary. Then he waits... Well, they both wait, Mary and Mary like, starts laying his head in his lap, so, like, I don't know, Mary just seems like he's going really downhill here, so... Finally, Gandalf himself comes out to find Mary, and he and Pippin take him to the House of Healing, where the Hobbit joins Farmir and Eowyn, and even though the healers of Gondor are wise, they are struggling with all the three patients, because they're all suffering under the Black Shadow, which keeps them from getting better, which I think is, like, part of Sauron's, like, power, or Mm -hmm. maybe the Nazgul's power. I don't know, this is a fantasy book, so. (laughs) I'm sure someone will let us know that we're wrong some way. I'm sure, I'm sure. Gandalf does his best to watch over all of them, but they still seem to be struggling. An old healer woman looks at Faramir and says, the hands of the king are the hands of a healer. ominous, but okay. Gandalf asks this old woman, if this old woman has heard that the king may, come, may have come back to Gondor. But she's been too busy to pay attention, so she has no clue. So, obviously Gandalf has some sort of idea, so he runs out of the House of Healing. Meanwhile, Aragorn, Eomir, and Imril approach the city gates as the sun is setting. Aragorn doesn't want to cause trouble in the city by splitting the allegiance of the guards so he won't make his claim to the throne until the war with Mordor is over.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which they all like, agree to. Um, and basically, I'm like going to skip over a bunch of bullets because I can just summarize this better, I feel like. Basically, the Im- Imrahil and Eomir go in. They find out about how Theoden is dead and that Eowyn is still alive. Gandalf catches them up. And tells them that Denethor is dead and that Faramir is, like, super ill. And so they go and get Aragorn. And if you've pieced this all together now, they think Aragorn is the true king. Since he left... Like, went through the Path of the Dead and brought all these Mm -hmm. reinforcements through and all this stuff. So, Aragorn goes up to Faramir. And... Yeah, Faramir. And wills him, like, better. And he does that with, like, all three of them, like, laying there. So Eowyn, Faramir, and Merry. He heals them all because he's the true king. And as the girl said, as that old woman said, Mm -hmm. he has healing powers. So once Eowyn wakes up, they have to tell her the news of Theoden's death. And of course, she's very upset, like, very sorry to hear it, but says at least he died in honor. She also tells Eowyn that he must make Merry a knight of the the Rider Mark since Mary has been so brave and helped her king oh, helped her kill the king of the Nazguls.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When Mary wakes up, he wakes up suddenly and wants to eat and have a smoke. You know, the, use, the usual Hobbit use. stuff. Knowing he's in good hands, Aragorn and Gandalf go off to have a chat while Pippin stays behind with Mary. Aragorn and Gandalf develop a plan for the pa- their patience with the warden of the house of healing. After dinner, Aragorn leaves the House of the Healing to tend to all these assembled people who have been touched by the Black Shadow. And the news starts going out from the House of the Healing that the king is returned. Uh, And at dawn, Aragorn slips away to sleep at last. And when he wakes, the banner of Dol Amroth flutters from the tower. Meanwhile, the people of Minas Tirith wonder if the king's return is just a dream or if it's actually true. The morning after the battle... Legolas and Gimli ask to be allowed to go into the city and see their pals, Merry and Pippin. Mm-hmm. Then Legolas passes on a message to Imril to meet Aragorn in his tents, with, along with Gandalf and Eomir. They, so then Gimli and Legolas go up and chat with Merry and Pippin, and all four of them sit together uh, and look out over Gondor to the south. Um, then, this, this is when... Gimli and Legolas tell the story of what happened when they rode into the paths of the dead. I'm not going to tell that story because it would take too long. So, if you want to hear it, you can go read the book. (laughs) So, Eomir, Aragorn, Legolas, Gandalf, Gimli all hatch a plan to help defeat Sauron once and for all. Um, They believe that Frodo can chuck that fucking ring into Mount Doom if they provide a sufficient distraction for Sauron. And here's the plan. Aragorn will bring 2,000 of those he got in the south. Imrahil will bring 3,500 of those from the outlands of Gondor. Eumir will bring 500 on foot and 500 on horseback, while Eladon and Elorir will lead another 500 on horseback, which are two of the people that Aragorn brought in Mm -hmm. when he came through the Path of the Dead. So they'll bring 500 on horseback with the rangers and the swan knights of Dull Amroth. Uh, it's not the biggest force ever, but it's going to have to do because it's what they have to work with. Yeah. Meanwhile, most of the Rowans will ride under the command of Elfhelm to help stop the enemy marching in from the west. So Cy Good decides to mat- march to the Black Gate... Leaving Mary, Eowyn, and Faramir behind to worry themselves even sicker. <laughs> <laughs> Two days later, Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli, Pippin, and the rest of them. I'm not going to say all their names, there's <clears throat> so many of them. The team. The team. We'll just call, start calling them the team here.
1: You know, the Avengers. Yeah. The Revengers.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the Revengers. <laughs> hey. door hey. is there, you know. They ride right up to the main entrance of Mordor. At the gate, an emissary of Sauron's appears. A huge evil man called the Mouth of Sauron.
1: Okay. Uh, Could you imagine being, like, you're a real person, but you're called the Mouth of someone else? Like, that's No, I literally can't. It is. Very stupid. Demeaning. Not a fan. Not a fan.
0: Uh, This man carries tokens of a friend of Gandalf's. The Mouth tells them that they have Frodo in custody. (laughs) The <laughs> mouth, yeah. Oh, sorry, that's just so funny to me. Luckily, that's a lie, and Aragorn knows it. A battle ensues, giving Frodo and Sam the freedom they need to get rid of the ring once and for all, while Sauron's eye is aimed elsewhere. And now, this is where we, we're back with Frodo and Sam. Ring in hand, Sam slips into the orc tower and rescues his buddy from some, you know, some incompetent orcs. Like, they're not very good at their jobs. Je- like, dead ass. <laughs> I don't know if I think orcs are kind of be supposed to be like kind of stupid, but these like I don't know if they are, but these ones are. So, I don't know why you would charge your like most stupidest orcs to protect your most important prisoner, but I digress. <laughs> he and Frodo resume their journey to Mount Doom. And it's pretty slow going. Frodo can't actually move very fast because the weight of the ring has now become to be brutal. And the Nazgul keep flying overhead every now and again. Plus, they're desperate for water, and there isn't much around for food or water because it's a wasteland. No matter what, the pair keeps trucking on. <laughs> mm-hmm. For days after their escape from Surf Ungol, which is where Sam found Frodo with the incompetent orcs, Sam wakes Frodo for a last push to the mountain. They reach the base of the mountain, and when Frodo falls on his hands and knees, Sam carries Frodo on his back to the cracks of doom... To, to the cracks of Mount Doom. Suddenly, Gollum appears. Our favorite bestie. Hey, bestie, where have you been? Yeah, right. And and Sam's like, hey, bestie. Mm-hmm. They, remember when you, like, betrayed us? That was, like, not so chill. Like That was not cool. I didn't appreciate that. And, of course, Gollum attacks Frodo, and Sam has to fend him off, telling Frodo to keep heading for the cracks. After deciding to spare Gollum's life, which... Why, fam, why do we keep sparing his life? Let's just kill this bitch. Like, he is, I get it. Like, it is unfortunate what happened to him, but can we really trust him? I feel like the answer is no. No. So, after sparing his life, Sam catches up with Frodo to find his, his friend has succumbed to the ring and wants it for himself. It's not, it's not good. It's not good, guys. We are not having a good time. But lucky for them. Gollum is still around, lucky or unlucky, I don't know. I would prefer him not to be there, but he does. He does help this this bit along. He leaps at Frodo, bites off the Hobbit's finger with the ring, bites it off. Well, like, um, that's rude. <laughs> don't be fucking rude, right? And he falls into the cracks. So Gollum and the ring, I have both. They're both unalive. They've. <clears throat> <laughs> They're no longer with us. They are destroyed. Gollum took one for the team. He did. Shout out Gollum. You know, thanks homie. You had me in thanks, the first Jessie. half, not gonna lie. You had me in the first half. So Frodo and Sam, luckily, they are not destroyed. They are still alive. Thank God. Thank God. So this just then is when some eagles arrive, which we learn under Gandalf's direction, these super dope eagles... Fly into Mordor and rescue Frodo and Sam. A while later, Frodo and Sam wake up in Ilithin, to which Gandalf escorts them to meet the king of Gondor. And lo and behold, it's Aragorn. Wait. What? <laughs> yes! Exactly.
1: I knew I had that app for a reason.
0: So with the fellowship all together, once again, it's time for Aragorn to enter Minas Turf as, Gandor, as, <laughs> Gandor, as Con- Gondor's awesome king. Once more, so we, we're jumping back in time a little bit here again. Apparently while all that shit was going down in Mordor, Farmir and Eowyn have fallen in love, which breaks my heart because now my OTP is <laughs> no longer <laughs> rude. Faramir has now proposed and he's uh and Eowyn says yes. So when Aragorn arrives at Minas Tirith's gates, Faramir goes down to transfer power to him officially as steward to High King. Coronation ceremony ensues and Aragorn takes his rightful place as king. Yay! Yay! Then on Midsummer's Eve, uh trademark Shakespeare. <laughs> Arwen and a bunch of other elves arrive. Arwen and Aragorn are, uh, get married, which I did not see coming, but maybe I'm just a lazy reader and didn't read between the lines there. <laughs> and all seems to be well in the kingdom of men. Then it's time for like everyone to get the fuck out and go home. After a stop in Rowan for Theoden's funeral and a few other stops you know, in between, the hobbits get back to the Shire and everything is totally great. Wrong. Everything's horrible. <laughs> 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 it turns out that the other that the four hobbits left the Shire on on the ring, you know, quest. Frodo's cousin got too greedy and started exporting Shire products and enforcing his fellow hobbits to work and take to work and he takes all the profit. So so, yeah, his cousin literally is like, hey, besties, guess what? What if you do all the work and I take all the reward?
1: Yeah, oh it sounds like an MLM. Oh, Lulu, bro, is that you? What? What? I didn't say that. Yeah, so
0: then Saruman showed up to make matters worse, and all... to 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 shorten it here, everything's horrible. The Shire is no longer pretty and awesome and beautiful. It's... Gross and disgusting, and all everything is just horrible. The hobbits are being oppressed. Saruman is there, which is the little baddie who apparently cannot just can can't stay away. <laughs> and they're basically being exploited by industry, which is like, is this like a allegory to like capitalism or something? Because that's what I'm picking up here. So it's a good thing these hobbits have now learned something and can take care of this uh, with all of their their new acquired knowledge. They quickly get rid of Saruman and his lackeys and restore the Shire to its glory. We love to see it. Love to see it. Right. But unfortunately, that's not the end of it because something else is kind of like wonky. Frodo, uh, mm-hmm. he hasn't been the same after his experiences with the ring and the war. And so he secretly decides to sail permanently west with with his like his pals. Fun. Little cruise, right after a tearful goodbye to Sam, Mary, and Pippin, Frodo sets sail on the high seas with Gandalf and uh, Bilbo Baggins. Sam returns to the Shire where he and his wife Rosie like live, and it's like they live happily ever after.
1: Aww. Yay! Yay! We did it. (laughs) What if, like in this world, the Earth was flat and they just sailed right off the edge <laughs> <laughs> where did you even come up with that <laughs> i don't know i was just thinking about it like because obviously like it's a fantasy world so he's like they're sailing west and i was like what if they just sail off the planet i don't know i don't know where my mind went. <laughs> oops i
0: just like it didn't even occur to me but <laughs> it's a fantasy book so i mean who knows you, you're you're possibly not wrong.
1: Yeah, possibly. Yeah, Probably. Possibly. But yeah, that's the end. I can't believe I've I've done a whole a whole trilogy now. Yeah, that's amazing. Good for
0: you. On the pod. I'm glad to be done with it. Like it was fun, but um, I don't think Tolkien's work is particularly for me. It's a lot of like the wording is not it's, it's, a, it's lot a little of- too. It's a little too flowery for me. Uh, put it that I was gonna way. say it's
1: a lot of music that you don't like. Yeah, there's that too. Speaking it's not of Taylor Swift. Speaking of, how are you doing with the release yesterday? Oh
0: my gosh! I think I re- um, we're referring to Taylor Swift's release of "Wildest Dreams" Taylor's version. For all of you who are not in the know, um, I listened to it about six million times. As you work. should. I've listened. I to had it a couple it, times. Yeah, I had it on repeat while I worked. I think probably from when it released at nine to about like noon so amazing yeah so miss taylor you're welcome for those streams <laughs> i support you bestie so
1: <laughs> you have anything else nothing else all right well you can find us on instagram and twitter at bookaholics pod you can find me on twitter at french toast with an x and on instagram at francesca hope and where can they find you You can find me on Goodreads, Alicia Reads 13, or on Storygraph, Just
0: Alicia Reads. And we'll see you for the next one. Bye!